Welcome to the Actually Connecting Podcast, where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. Hello, hello, welcome. This is Connecting, where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. We've got an exciting person we're speaking with today, Vaughn Moore. Him and I have been friends for a long time now, and friends, business, colleagues, kind of all of it. And I'm really grateful to have him on here. He's the president of Healthy Company Cultures. And the whole goal of his company is really to help manage the stress of everyday life. He's got a lot of tools, techniques, and wisdom that I found myself to be really beneficial while building a team, while building my own internal structure, and just kind of functioning on day-to-day life with family and business and all the craziness. Vaughn Moore, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Dan, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. So you are the president of Healthy Company Cultures. How did that start? Walk me through a little bit about you, about the company, help others understand kind of who you are. Well, uh, so for about the last decade, I've been in business for myself, uh, helping uh, people do all kinds of things. Uh, and so in, in the last 10 years, really, I've, I've focused on um, helping people achieve their most important financial goals in the sphere of money and managing their money and understanding how their money works. But over the course of time, what I found was is that um, I just had this real passion to help people in the workplace uh, as well. And so um, I found some tremendous resources there. I mean, obviously, there's so much out there that you can you can read about, you can Google. Uh, but the more I found the the writings of you know people who are experts in the field of developing uh, high performance workplaces, uh, the more I just wanted to, like I said, help people uh, develop high performance, healthy workplaces, great teams, good people working together. You know, the, the, the news is full of articles about how people hate their jobs, how they dread Monday mornings, how people refer to Wednesdays as hump days, and how they can't wait to get out of the office on Friday how they're overwhelmed with work. And so sometimes they even work on, on the weekends. You know, this just is not a good thing for us. We are not wired to be always on uh, 100% of the time. We, we need rest and recharge. We need permission to be human beings. And so um, really that's uh, my desire is to help leaders develop healthy teams and duplicate those teams over and over. And really, it starts with yourself, knowing yourself, uh, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, how you're wired, how you lead, how you lead other people, your, you know, what it looks like to be on the other side of you. And so I help people do that, help people get 100% healthy themselves and duplicate themselves over and over and over again. It's all about leadership. I appreciate you saying that because it's really helpful to understand. I started a business seven, eight years ago. And the first year of the business, I just focused on the business. And right. I never realized that it was me that was the thing that was the block. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you and I both, you know, when I was uh, running my uh, personal finance coaching business, I thought it was all up to me. 
And right. I, I honestly, I just burned myself out. I still do that, but it's a, it, it's, it's more of something just on the side because I, I've recognized how important it is uh, to focus on ourselves and the people that we lead uh, rather than, you know, just the, just the task at hand. Mm-hmm. That is exactly right. So how did you make this switch, that exact switch? How did you decide that, okay, I'm focusing on my business too much. I'm burned out. When did that burnout happen? Let's start there. Well, uh, why don't I just take a step back? You know, Please, I, yeah. I moved uh, from Northern Virginia to Colorado Springs about seven years ago. And as a result, I took about 40 years of um, tight relationships and networking. And I, I, I didn't throw them in the trash, but that's essentially what happened is uh, I lost all those vital networking connections. And so I started a group here in the Springs called the Springs Business Connections. And we meet weekly uh, to just discuss uh, the topics of business that are most important to small business owners or managers or people who lead people or really uh, just, you know, where there's a big nonprofit uh, presence here in the Springs. Uh, people who are, are, are interested in, in improving themselves. And so we've, over the course of the last five years, really gone through, oh, dozens of books uh, from leaders like Simon Sinek, Bob Berg, um, uh, uh, Jeremy uh, Kubitschek. Uh, there's just a, a ton of books out there that um, you can immerse yourself in. And so week by week, uh, we went through these books. And lo and behold, uh, after teaching them for five years, I found, gosh, uh, this is the passion that I, I have. It's, it's, it's not so much, uh, you know, teaching about money. It's actually teaching mm -hmm. other people. And mm -hmm. so um, that's how, uh, you know, I came to recognize that, in fact, I didn't even realize that I was burned out in the money field. So, <laughs> Wow, that's really intriguing. Yeah. And I find that that happens so often, especially when it's money at play. We focus on the money thinking the money's going to make us happy. The money's right. just the tool. That's people right. are bring happiness. People, clients, you know, then you can help clients, and and that's the exchange. It's not the money you're working for; it's the client that you're working with. That's right. That's right. The people are are what's important, and we often lose sight of that, even though we might pay pay lip service to it. Mm -hmm. um, so you won't find any uh, real business leader um, telling you that it's not about the client. Um, but actually what I really believe is that it's really, uh, as much about your employees and the people you, you lead as the client, really, if you take care of the people who are taking care of your clients, your clients will be happy. If you, um, if you take your, your employees for granted, if you take the people who you lead for granted, if you push them too hard, if you, if you don't treat them, uh, with respect, if you don't understand honestly how they're wired and how their how how you can contribute to their success, then they're not going to be positioned properly to provide the hundred percent that you're looking for. If you want a hundred percent for them from them for your clients, then you've got to give them a hundred percent of you. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. With so your folks, your target is leaders in the workplace, which I think leaders is phenomenal because there's yeah. so, that's a great. We have a lot of people who are leaders in the workplace to listen to this. So from a leaders in the workplace perspective, how do you go individually and internally to start with the core to then help your business and your marketplace and your company thrive? How do you well, how do you make that roundabout switch? Well, Eric, you mentioned it uh, kind of uh, briefly. It's really getting to know yourself and knowing your leadership style and your strengths and weaknesses. If you if you truly know yourself, then you can lead yourself well, because we all have certain tendencies uh, that um, are both our strengths and our weaknesses, and uh, we often will uh, will rely on those tendencies to get us through a work day or a week or a quarter or a year, and we don't realize that some of those tendencies are are, are really negative. They're they're not providing um, the best work environment for others. And if we just changed a little bit, then we would actually get a different result. Um, our actions from our tendencies, uh, you know, generate results. Well, if we change those slightly, we're aware of what, what we're doing, then we can get better results. And it's like a, it's like a circle. Um, and so, Mm -hmm. um, I teach people uh, how to how to know themselves through um, a series of tools that um, make it easier to communicate who you are to the people around you. Um, really, culture across the board. I'm not just talking about work culture. I'm talking about culture in general uh, is formed through language, and so if we have a common language in the workplace that uh, is oriented towards um, improvement, it's oriented towards uh, conflict resolution. I mean, we're going to have conflict in the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how with people come with conflict. conflict. Say that again? With people come conflict. Exactly. Comes conflict. Yeah. Exactly. And so too often... Uh, conflict gets actually swept under the rug at, in the workplace, mm-hmm. and um, it's talked about behind everybody's back. Mm-hmm. So conflict is not actually usually overt. Uh, you don't, you know, the mo- movies love to portray the screaming boss in the hallway, berating <laughs> people and whatnot. That's generally not what happens in the everyday workplace. The everyday workplace is a lot of silent conflicts that go- are going on underneath uh, the radar and uh, basically silently eroding trust in your Mm -hmm. coworkers and in the management and the direction of the company. You'll often even hear people badmouth their customers who they're serving uh, behind, uh, you know, you might mute the phone on a conference call and you roll your eyes and, you know, can't believe this guy is saying this and this and this. And and, and the reality is that's all, you know, this underlying conflict that if you can um, address in a healthy way, um, you will now r- raise the standards for everyone else to address conflict in a healthy way as well. Really, really interesting. How do you bring that insight? Well, um, I would say that uh, it's a... 
uh, ongoing process. You know, you don't change your culture overnight. Right. Uh, you, you, you generally are going to have a, a, a year or two or three or even five year plan for changing your culture over time. Um, and as your culture changes, you'll bring people, uh, as time progresses, you'll bring people on that reinforce that culture. And you'll also find that some people will leave voluntarily uh, because they recognize, oh, well, these, uh, this is the norms for this culture. And and I don't like this. I, I'd like mm-hmm. this someplace else. So mm-hmm. you'll find that, um, you know, in a healthy culture where uh, c- standards are set, communication is clear, uh, that you will not have to fire people because people just recognize they voluntarily <laughs> leave the seat rather than having to get kicked out of the seat. Exactly. I've always referred to it as the vortex. When you're in the vortex, it's kind of like a river. And yeah. the river, when you jump in, if someone doesn't jump in with you, you got, you got to get out of the river and walk back to them. And a lot of times you just keep going around that bend and they're gone. Yeah. You're just flowing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've got these tools and techniques that actually help accomplish this. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and one, of, one of the tools um, that I've been working on myself a lot uh, is, is one that I call the five gears. And it's one that I, uh, I feel like, um, is, is, is actually a really hard one to implement. Five gears are, are like five gears in a, in a car. You have first through fifth gear and you also have a reverse. Okay. And if you think about it, um, if uh, I'm, I'm just going to name the gears. Okay. So first gear is rest and relaxation. It could even, it could be a nap. It could be your sleep at night. It could be um, taking a stroll uh, in the woods. Uh, it could be just whatever gives you real peace. Second gear is when uh, you are connecting with your family. Okay. The vital people around you, you're spending time at the dinner table, you're playing games, you're communicating, you're laughing, you're, you know, you're having fun, you know, in your kind of cohesive unit, okay, whatever that may be. Third gear is more social. So it's out of the family. It's, you know, maybe it's with friends, it's, uh, you know, with coworkers after work, it's maybe the time that you have around the proverbial water cooler, although I don't have don't know very many people who have <laughs> places with water coolers anymore. Um, it, you know, it's that kind of thing. Uh, fourth gear is task oriented. It's when you sit down at your desk and you're 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 going through emails. Uh, you're you're uh, prioritizing your day. You're making phone calls. You are uh, you're doing the everyday tasks of your work. And then fifth gear is focus. Okay, focus, focus, focus. It's when you've got a deadline, you're working on a proposal for a big client, um, you, 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 know, you mute the phones, uh, you, you, you might uh, have to go out of the office uh, <laughs> to, to focus. It's when, um, it's actually when you, uh, the time passes and you actually don't even realize it. It's like, oh my gosh, what happened in the last three hours? Okay, so that's flow. And then the the final gear is reverse. Uh, It is the time when you have to, um, you you recognize, oh, I've made a mistake. I need to 
reverse direction I need to go and apologize or I need to go and make things right before we can go forward. So um, too often I've found myself uh, going to bed exhausted at night and the first thing that I do, and I do actually sleep with my phone by my bed, I'm one of the 70% of Americans who do that. I'm not one of the 3% who actually sleep with my phone in my hand. That oh is kind gosh. of funny. <laughs> My hand hurts just by hold, thinking about it. <laughs> um, but I do sleep with my phone by my bed. I, I like to read at night sometimes before I go to mm -hmm. bed. Mm -hmm. um, it's my alarm, you know, it's all that stuff. So I wake up in the morning and as much as I try not to, because I've heard that this is really unhealthy, I check my, my, my email. Sometimes as I'm still in bed, kind of bleary eyed. Um, <laughs> totally. So I have switched from first gear, rest and relaxation to fourth gear, task <laughs> mode. <laughs> And I still haven't fully woken up yet. Right. <laughs> you know, this right. is not key decision-making time. <laughs> but so, we still have to make decisions in that time. It, yeah, we're, 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 we're forcing ourselves to make decisions in that time. We're, we're trying to figure out, okay, well, what we're trying to put it, we're trying to prepare ourselves for the onslaught that we're going to have when we get to work. We're right. trying to figure out, okay, well, is there a fire that I need to put, to put out? If there's no fire, then we can, kind of, we can kind of put it down and not worry about it and kind of do our normal morning routine and eat and all that stuff. But First if there to is fourth, a fire, back to second almost. I'm sorry, say that one more time. It's like first gear rest to fourth gear task to second gear if there's yes. no fire, fifth gear if there's fire. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Now, so is this a good thing to do at 630 in the morning? <laughs> right. So this is a, uh, this is something that I've started to practice. It's an ancient practice um, of actually uh, starting my day at night. I know that sounds very, very strange, but mm -hmm. um, it is very helpful for me to uh, finish my day at work, uh, finish all the tasks that I've, I've assigned myself to do. And if I haven't finished all of them, I, you know, I kick, kick some of them to tomorrow or even next week. I get in my car and when I close that door in my car, the, the day has finished um, and I drive, home and I walk in my door to meet my family and m m the next day has started. And so I actually start uh, in second gear, first gear a little bit because I mean, it depends on where you're driving uh, because I, I live in the forest here in the Black Forest and it's a beautiful drive home. So I get some rest and relaxation time in my drive home. So mm -hmm. I start in first gear. I go into second gear when I get home. We have dinner. <clears throat> we play games. We finish up the chores. Sometimes Michelle and I will go out, um, but most often it's a you know a nice evening at home. And uh, then I I go back into first gear uh, for rest throughout the night. 
so I actually am starting my day resting. And then when I wake up in the morning, even if I do check my phone first thing, which I try not to, if I'm moving into some of the higher gears right away, it's okay because I've actually spent good time in the first, second, and third gears before I actually shift into that fourth gear and mm. fifth gear to work. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. My I mean, it mindset kind of seems backwards, though, doesn't it? It does seem backwards. <laughs> My mindset's always said to me, make sure you have a schedule planned for the next day before you go to bed. That's as far as I've ever gotten to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm now seeing how valuable it would be to allow, because I live for that evening time. Mm. I live for it. Yep. I do all the work so I can get to that point, sit down, watch TV, and feel the emotional release. Yep. But to have that be the start of my day, now moving through, it's very intriguing. <laughs> You'll have to think about it. Try it uh, for a few days and, and, and let me know how you feel. I 100% will. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I'm really energized by the whole practice. That's great. It's a great way to start a day and, you know, really starting a week too. <clears throat> um, you know, Sundays for a millennium for Christians have been uh, a Sabbath. If you're, uh, you know, uh, Jewish, you've, you've practiced the, the Sabbath on a Saturday. Um, you know, uh, Muslims around the world do, do it. I mean, people uh, for centuries have made at least one day a day of rest. And today's modern culture, we never turn off. We hardly turn off at night. It's hard, you know, insomnia is rampant. Um, mm -hmm. ha having, a, uh, you know, uh, stress is, is off the charts. Uh, so one of the best ways to, to, to su succeed at work is to, to make sure that you get enough rest uh, and that you are um, getting in and being intentional about the first, second, and third gears. And also certainly the reverse. There's plenty of opportunities at work and at home. These things that I practice and that I teach at, in the workplace are as applicable in the home as anywhere else. And in fact, many times you see uh, because of the vital relationships we have with our family, you see huge breakthroughs in your personal life before you may even see it in your business life. That makes, I think it has to be that way almost. Yeah. You have to have those personal breakthroughs because without them, like you said, you get burned out. Yeah. It doesn't work the same. Okay. So you, you've started this practice. How is this practice related into business and to how some of this leadership stuff pans out? Well, so it's important to recognize that if you're having this, this challenge, mm -hmm. uh, that all your employees are doing the same, having the same challenge as well. Mm. And um, to encourage them, um, maybe to not uh, you know, implement the exact same thing, but to use this, this terminology. It's, it's really important to, to, to use common terminology. And so uh, to be able to just uh, look at your team and go, hey, We've been in fourth and fifth gear all day long. Uh, let's relax a little bit and shift into third gear. <laughs> you know, uh, you're changing culture through language. 
through exactly exactly um to recognize that um when people leave the office they are often checking their email and to say okay well so um yes uh sometimes you know depending on on the the industry and the company you you work for you may need to check your email uh in the evening and you may need to shift into fourth and fifth gear uh sometime in the evening and that's not a bad thing mm -mm. but everybody should recognize hey uh you know your coworkers uh just because they're, you know, taking an extra long lunch today doesn't mean they're slacking, okay? And you need to teach mm. this to the other managers of people because uh, there, there could be this kind of misconception between even teams uh, in the same, you know, workplace. Uh, this team slacks off and this team is really serious about work. Well, one that's really serious about work is actually really burned out mm -hmm. and their productivity is 20% less than <laughs> the team that, uh, that is the slackers. So, mm -hmm. um, that's the other part is, that's really important is the measure, you know, measure productivity and measure, uh, there are all kinds of different tools out there. I use a, a team 360 tool that measures people, uh, in five different major areas of team collaboration and work. And um, we, we baseline and then we measure every three months uh, based on the, what, what we're finding is the most important thing to work on today. Uh, and we're seeing, well, did, did that improve? And if it didn't, well, what tweaks do we have to have? That's really cool. Yeah. So you have the individual and then you have the team work together and then the individual turns and becomes the leader and the team becomes the leader. And now the culture is created because everyone's talking the same language. That's right. That's right. I mean, the average span uh, people spend in the, in a particular company is just like 3.2 years. And so um, if you can, if you can lengthen that uh, <laughs> you're already ahead of the game. Uh, if you can recognize that also and just say, okay, well, so there are some people on our team that, um, that are not going to be here in three years, but we want to, we want to pour as much into them as possible so that we can, um, we can have a reputation as the best place to work so that when that person does leave, there's no problem filling their position. In fact, maybe the person even has filled it themselves with somebody uh, who, who they know. I mean, that's the best way mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to manage transition, employee transition. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised to even hear that it's 3.2 years. The, the <laughs> way the job it feels like today, people are there for a year and they peace out. Yes. <laughs> It does. Well, of course, that's the average, right? So Right. So someone's <laughs> doing less. Someone's doing more. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. So what, let's say I'm an individual and I would like to reach out to you and actually have to have a conversation. And I'll ask the same question about a company too, because I would like to know if they were looking to actually build their leadership team or as a solo person, how are they, they want to actually start building their core, understanding strengths and values. How do, they, how do they do that? How do they get in touch with you? 
what does that look like? Well, thank you very much for asking. Uh, the best way to get in touch with me is go to my website at healthycompanycultures with an S.com uh, and um, visit my little calendar. I've got a calendar that, uh, that helps you understand what my schedule is like so that you can, you can pick a time where we can have a 15-minute conversation uh, to find out if, if uh, it makes sense to go on. Mm -hmm. I also love to be able to give people free access to uh, a tremendous um, uh, personality assessment tool that's called the Five Voices. Uh, and it is a very, very accessible personality tool. Uh, many personality assessments are complicated. They require a professional coach to explain them. Uh, once, you, once you go through and you get your letter combination or your your strength or your animal or whatever, it, your, your color. Uh, you may understand it for a few minutes or even a few days, uh, but then you kind of lose it. And with the five voices, um, are, they're, they're very easy to grasp and understand and then use in your workplace on a regular basis. So uh, I also give a free uh, assessment uh, for the five voices that allows you to not only understand yourself, but what it's like to be on the other side of you. <laughs> on the other side of me, it's awesome. I promise you that. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Well, truly, what, I'm so grateful you brought that up. I did this test with, what was it, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Yes. I believe. It yes. has changed the way my, I see my business because in the past, I just saw, oh, I need someone that can do content creation. I need someone that can do uh, this task. And what it showed me was that I'm a connector and an idea person, and I maybe need some people around me that are not idea people and connectors. Even though I connect with them really well, bringing someone like that in might just clutter everything. <laughs> so you've helped me understand what kind of teammates I need to bring into the business. And since I've made hires that have been very helpful, because I didn't realize I wasn't a closer. I'm a starter of things. I need a closer. I'm so glad to hear that. So briefly, the five voices are, uh, they, they range in, in volume um, or assertiveness. They're the nurturer, the creative, the guardian, the connector, and the pioneer. So I, you, you are a connector. You love to connect ideas and people and generate teams and, mm -hmm. and collaboration. And I'm a guardian. I love process. I love systems. I, I love to ask hard questions before people make decisions. You know, so we're we're the kind of the medium voices. The real loud voice is the is the uh, pioneer. They're the ones that just you know want to uh, accomplish and go and do and win. Uh, and and they're 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 always the ones that are just pushing the envelope. Mm -hmm. so those are the three high or louder voices. The quieter voices are the, the creative, who's the very visionary person mm -hmm. who, who sees the future and can, can map out tremendous plans for the future to, to accomplish, but they're quiet. That's my primary. To, yeah, you have to, to kind of uh, encourage them to speak up because they sometimes have a hard time voicing what, they're, what, they're, what they already see in their, their minds. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the uh, I'm sorry, the nurturer, the person who cares about the people, who, 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 who naturally understands uh, the dynamics in a room, who, who, can, who can feel 
when conflict is going to come because of poor decisions uh, being made without the, the impact of people or the input of people. So these five voices, if you have uh, them represented throughout your organization and you know how to, uh, to, to engage each one of them, both their strengths and their weaknesses, you're going to have a, a powerful organization that connects uh, high performance, just healthy team. It's really cool. And it's been very valuable for me. And I appreciate you introducing it to me. You're very I welcome. I would highly recommend anyone who's looking or feels a little bit lost within themselves or is getting that burned out feeling in business or is feeling like they've hit a plateau. Vaughn's your dude. Talk to him, reach out to him. He really will drop some wisdom that will help a lot. Yeah, I'll make sure that everybody who uh, connects with me on um, through, my, through my website gets access to that, uh, that assessment. Excellent, excellent. That is great. Okay, so we've touched on connecting. I think we've touched on consciousness just because that's kind of what all this is. You're thinking self-thought and that is... I have to ask about emotions because I ask everyone this question. What kind of emotions are you sitting in in a day-to-day basis? You're practicing these new practices. You, you've got teams that you're working with. What's the emotion that you find that you, you dwell in the most? Well, that's a really get, great question because uh, our emotions are so core to ourselves. And so often we, we ignore our emotions. We push them down. Uh, they kind of feel a little dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, some people, uh, if they, they, they access their emotions, they cry. Sometimes uh, other people might yell. Some people mm-hmm. might hit. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might escape into uh, other escapisms, <laughs> whatever it may be, whether yeah. shopping or whatnot. For me, I'm uh, in a really interesting emotional place where um, because of, you know, my, my kind of burnout uh, and because of my new passion for uh, continuing to do things that I've done in the last five years for business leaders, I'm in a, a cross current, honestly. Uh, sometimes uh, I feel, uh, you know, some sorrow that I've, I've, I've left, left uh, something behind. Um, mm-hmm. But more often than not, I feel a lot of hope and optism, optimism mm-hmm. about uh, the future and what I can provide for, for people. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, we, um, I would say maybe, mo- I was, I was going to say most Americans, but I would say actually this is a kind of a Western phenomena. Um, we, we don't, we're, we're not very good at accessing um, those emotions that uh, are kind of scary, the, the sorrow mm-hmm. uh, and kind of mourning of something lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and to actually sit in that for a little bit, I, mm-hmm. my wife and I have been doing that quite a bit over the last several months. Uh, mm-hmm. As lots of things are changing for our family, we, we have five kids and, um, you know, one of them is out of the house. We're going we're gonna to graduate another one uh, from high school and uh, we've still wow. got young kids too. So, um, mm-hmm. Got I'm really grateful you brought up the two different sides of that because I think everyone does have those inner voices that we play back and forth on. And yes. the l- sorrow, mourning, loss, that's a real feeling that people get every day, all day long. And it's something that if you don't pay attention to it and you cope and you do all the different escapisms like you're talking about, a lot of times it just gr- the monster grows a little bit. 
and the hope and the optimism doesn't have a chance to really breathe and really shed its light. Well, and to, to embrace your emotions in the workplace is pretty dangerous too, right? Ah, it's so dangerous. I mean, how, how does a team uh, lose a project that they've been working on for six weeks? How does it mourn that, you know? <laughs> That's uh, a great point. Conversely, uh, how does a team celebrate, um, you know, winning, winning the contract? Um, both of them are not um, uh, executed very well in today's modern workplace. If you, if you win the contract, generally there's a big party, everybody goes out and drinks too much. Uh, and then the next morning, everybody high fives each other and then you're, you've got your head down uh, you know, not 12 hours later, uh, working on the next project. <laughs> wow. On to the next one. Exactly. Um, and so we, we don't, uh, we don't celebrate or, um, uh, sorrow, uh, in the workplace very well. And that's another thing that, 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 you know, uh, is a, an integral part of a healthy team. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's really cool. I appreciate you answering so honestly and uh, uh, vulnerably because that's a big deal. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it's, I appreciate you doing that because I think it'll help a lot of people be able to sit because that's exactly how do you go into a business and be able to be vulnerable and authentic while also being viewed as credible and respectable? And how do we transition those things into being one in the same potentially? Well, it starts with just a, a practice on your own. You know, oftentimes um, we 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 look at our, our our work surroundings and we recognize, well, that person really is not all that interested in <laughs> in uh, in team performance. They're more of a you know a solo person, or you know, oh, that boss, he's he's pretty toxic, or this group of people, you know. And, and so there's kind of this sense of hopelessness that you can't really impact anything in your, in your workplace. Mm -hmm. The reality is even if, even as, uh, you know, somebody who's just answering the phones, um, you have an impact on the people that you're talking to. Uh, and you, uh, everybody has opportunities to lead others. Uh, sometimes it's, it's majority of the time in, the uh the workplace but it can be in other places whether it's a home it might be in the community it might be in your you know your church or wherever you worship um these are things that we have to practice though uh, we don't just naturally read a book and all of a sudden are a good leader we actually have to fail a, a few mm -hmm. times trying the leadership thing and saying okay well so hey i use the five gears here to, to to and, and right now I'm in, I'm in gear three. So mm -hmm. I'll be in four and five later, but you know, give me, give me a break. <laughs> That's exactly it. That is exactly it. So uh, it's a matter of just practicing it yourself where you can, when you can. I love it. If you are interested in speaking more with Vaughn or learning more about some of these pieces, it is healthy company cultures with an S.com. And I know Vaughn would be stoked to talk to you because it's it really is a gift. And I appreciate what you do, Vaughn. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. 
this is actually connecting where emotions, consciousness, and connecting come first. And it has been a pleasure, Vaughn. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great night. You too. Like what you heard? Give it a share. Want to talk about it? Comment or like below. Have a great rest of your day. This is the Actually Connecting Podcast.